Hey guys, it's Justin Hill here. Strap on your high heels and put on your pads because we're going drag racing. Ah, crap. She's bottomed out, guys. Play the music. Welcome to Standard Original RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under the Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Hill, and this is the podcast where we recap every episode of the biggest reality show in the world, the Standard Original series, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. Now, today I'm going to be recapping episode six, and who else better to get to help me to do it than the one and only Maxi Shield? So let's drive it up the guts. And joining me today is the one and only Maxi Shield. She's here. She's here. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I was hoping not to talk to you for another couple of weeks. God damn it. Oh, look, I've just been waiting this whole time to be to, to say this to you. Oh, not you, you dog. Ah, <laughs> uh, not you. Well, well, that's what I actually said. Subtitles. Different story. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and check that. I didn't realise. Well, I think, yeah. So the um, the subtitles say that I dropped the C-bomb and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't at Imagine all. Imagine that. First queen on Drag Race Down Under to drop the C-bomb and you're like, I didn't. I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the credit. I will take the credit. Absolutely. But I did say your dog. And it was actually put me on the back foot because I was the second in. I wanted to say, not ye, you dogs, but it was art. <laughs> Listen, I was literally cackling and clutching my pearls. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and it immediately introduced the world to Maxi Shield and, and <laughs> who you are and what you do in drag. And I have to say, you were just such a pleasure to watch on this show. And anyone who has ever met you or seen you perform is literally like was cheering for you the entire time you were on this show. And I don't think it would have been RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under without Maxi Shield. I mean, was this something that you always wanted to do or was it just something where you were like, if it happens, amazing. I'm very, you know, I'm happy doing my bits and pieces. But like, so what was your take on the show when you went on? Well, see, the... the you know what the internet's like. So for the last two years, it's been such a rumour mill of Australian drag races happening, oh. happening, happening. And, you know, the fans always love to write a list. Oh, they love to write a list. <laughs> and I was never on a list. What? So, you know, so there'd be a rumour and there'd be 10 amazing queens and I'd never be on a list. And then there'd be another rumour. And, and I was like, okay. And I'd said no to my way. many times. And I said to my partner a couple of times, I was like, you know what? If it happens, it happens, but it may not happen. So, wow. you know, when I got the call, I was like. It's happening. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh. And, you know, there was so much secrecy and what have you mm-hmm. behind it. So, yeah. So I, I it, it was good. My partner keeps me grounded, which is great. So, so is mine. I mean, God, they're just a. <laughs> They're a pillar of strength, and if you get too big for your boots, then they certainly bring you down, don't they? Straight down. Straight down. Like, shut up. Just shut up. Do it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you know there are dishes to be done, you bitch? Yeah. (laughs) 
Hey, um, no, that's thank you mate. so much for joining me today. I am just, um, it's such a bittersweet moment because you, you know I love you and I think you're an amazing drag queen and I did not want to speak to you at all on this <laughs> podcast. I was like, I want you to go through to the very end, but I'm very happy to, to, um, to sit down with you today. We're going to recap your episode of Drag Race Down Under. Um, but before we get into it, I, I wanted to talk to you about being, and I don't want to say an older queen, I want to say a more experienced queen because I don't think age has anything to do with it. We've seen some drag queens who are older who haven't been in it for as, you know, as long. And that's why when I think of like Drag Race Down Under, I immediately thought of you because you are, as a young gay boy coming to Sydney for the first time and going to Oxford Street, you were one of the first drag queens I ever saw. Like, you know, and and so my, my question to you is, what would you say to young kids who are now getting into drag in this era of social media and, you know, uh, uh, this kind of like, uh, it's such a different era of drag for us, right? I refer to myself as a seasoned chook because we all love a seasoned <laughs> chook, don't we? What, what do you mean? We what lo- do you mean a seasoned chook? <laughs> <laughs> I love a seasoned chook, especially at Woolies. Oh, yummy. <laughs> especially with a bit of stuffing up the clacker. Um, <laughs> the chook, Just pick it the to chook. the bone. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. the chook, the chook, definitely. Uh, the the chook. chook. I think my... My, uh, what I would probably say to young queens is have fun. I, mm-hmm. I the one thing that I, I don't see very much anymore is that when I first started, you became a social queen first. Yes. So you'd go out with your sisters and you get pissed and you'd spewing yeah. hot plants. And <laughs> but it was just how you learnt how to be a drag queen. Yeah. You know, you would you would sit in I used I remember sitting at Annie's bar, which was an old bar in, in Surrey Hills, and I would watch Portia Turbo's talk spots and they were just hilarious. And she would yeah. talk and she'd talk for twenty minutes and she'd be talking about a cheese and dried herb toasted sandwich. But we would be <laughs> rolling around and you know, you just you absorbed all that, or going and seeing sort of a, a legend like uh, Simone Troy at the Albury, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so that's what I, I hope that that young girls or young young I'm going to say young queens because I hope queen and sort of umbrellas everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they just have have fun first and foremost. If they get work out of it, that's fantastic. Awesome. But you know what? Um, as, as someone that employs quite a lot of girls, I will employ someone that's fun and fabulous over someone that is just, I want to work. This is my career. I've done it. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that's how I, I first, um, I gave Coco one of her first jobs is because she just lights up a room. She was dreadful on a microphone, but she was just, she'd walk in and she would just light everyone up. And it's it's just almost so like a little light comes out of those drag queens and you can see, and I've, I said that to Coco and I've said that to all the other queens, my favourite part of this show is that you guys are getting up on stage and it's like you, you just release everything and you go... It. let's just have a ball and whatever yeah. happens happens and it's and i don't think it, with the aussie queens in particular i mean there was an angry lip sync from um electra but i feel like with the aussie queens in particular you guys are just like let's just have a ball let's like the smile on your face is genuine and yeah. and especially with you it's just it's such a joy to watch and that was and that was the last lip sync that i did with uh etc it was you know i we, we, we worked together recently a, a week or so ago and um, 
I said, it could have went anyway. It really could have went anyway. I was just so happy that different generations were showing the world mm -hmm. how di different generations perform. She was absolutely incredible. But I did it the way that I'd learned yeah. and I'd seen. And, you know, you, you, you look at both of our faces and we, we are beaming. We're, yeah. we're just, you know, it's not, it wasn't an elimination for us. It was, you know, come on, bitch, let's, let's, let's perform the guts out of it. But it was amazing. Okay, you've touched on that lip sync, so I have to talk to you about it. You do realise that you are going down in history as someone who has started a trend for lip syncs now. <laughs> Girl, you pulled a microphone from somewhere and et cetera told me that you had it tucked up your sleeve, tucked in your bum bag, you know, if you did need to lip sync. And you know what? It was just such an, a form of drag brilliance because you were like, simple is better. And it had me <laughs> in stitches. You literally, you literally were like, and then you'd like go and you'd be like, I was, I was dying. It was so, so funny. And I have to say, it was, it definitely was a tribute to my, my Bali sisters. Mm -hmm. So I go to Bali quite a lot. So friends of mine live over there and what have you. And I go to a bar called Bali Joe's and um, a lot of, a lot of my friends over there perform and they literally will, you know, out comes a microphone. And it just, I just, I just love them so much. And it was like, you know what? This is my little, little bit of, I'm bringing my Bali sisters along with yeah. me. So. I can't wait to see it pop up in seasons and seasons <laughs> and seasons to come of Drag Race. It's just so brilliant. It goes down with like the double wig reveal. You know, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. All right. So let's jump into this, uh, into this show, into this episode. We have um, Karen at the beginning, quite upset that she was worried about not winning anything. Uh, Electra very happy that she won and actually says to camera that she's even happier to send Scarlett home. So I feel like there's quite a bit of tension brewing between those two. We get a nice message from the Auntie Donna boys and then we find out that you girls are so thirsty. I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a little while. Everyone's been locked up. There are quite a few single gals in there. So what do they do? They bring in the pit crew. And was that just like, was that a combination of, ooh, hot boys, but also, oh, other people as well? Because you, you essentially were in quarantine. We were So we were in quarantine so they, they pushed filming back five days. So the Aussie mm. girls were in quarantine or isolation for close to 20 days. Oh and then God. we went into filming, which was very early to very late. Yeah. And we had no devices for when it was filming. So it was like these boys were hot. Of course they were hot. They were, they were stunning and they were in Speedos. But it was also they were someone else. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, you know, as much as the crew and, and production were fantastic, yeah, it was someone else. And that was sort of, I think, as well when RuPaul came out. You know, RuPaul would walk out and chat to us and be like, it's someone else. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone else. other than these bitches to talk to. <laughs> so good. Exactly. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to be asking who number two is. Number two uh, pit crew was a new pit crew member. He was the tall guy with the blonde hair. Blonde, yeah. Was he quite popular with the ladies there? I feel like maybe he was. Um, you know what? I probably for the young girls. I was, <laughs> I was. We have a, a saying at home. It was called "I was Frazzolina Jolie." <laughs> I was so Frazzolina Jolie. It was just, I would look at the boys and go, "Okay, great. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to make me do?" You're oh, like, okay. we're actually here to to do a TV show. So yes, you're hot. Okay, good. Next. <laughs> 
Well, Kida um, puts it perfectly. She says, we have a buffet of sausage, which is hilarious. And you do play with the boys, uh, what you're packing down under. And I'll tell you what, lady, you know your marsupials. You know what? How many years of bloody trivia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hosting trivia? That's when RuPaul goes, oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, a lot of trivia has gone yeah. through this brain. You're like, I know me platypuses from me, kidneys. Don't you worry. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> now, you did win that challenge. Um, I mean, it's so fun to see you do something like that. And then we uh, go on to see you uh, do, uh, like you get told you're doing a makeover, not just any makeover, you are making over the Falcons rugby team. Now, this was probably one of the best, um, like, challenges like the fun you guys were having in the workroom with all of the queens the moments you were having i know you know you with your um rugby player with his beard and the symbolism of removing that and i just it was just so great to watch that you were all just mucking around and being fun is that what it was like when you were in the workroom was it ever tense or was it just like that the whole way through no it was it was yeah, it was lots of fun. The beard was a huge thing. I do understand. Massive. Sort of being a plus-size person, when you find your tribe, and it could be as simple as a beard, you know, it is really important because, you know, sometimes you're walking around for years lost. Mm-hmm. And the gay community, you know, as much as we say that we're all community and we embrace everyone, yep. it's cold sometimes. Absolutely. So to, so to find that tribe, uh, you know, in the bears and the beard, it was – I really did leave it up to Dan to, to yeah. shave his beard. And as I said, I, I don't know if it made it onto the cut, um, if you would have kept the beard, you would have got the, the, the most glittery, flowery beard Absolutely. Under the I was I was ready for you. I was like, I would love to see him remove his beard, but I was like, do you know what? I feel like if he doesn't, you know, that's fine because it is 12 years of a beard, but I knew that you would – braid that thing you yeah. had like you know <laughs> Shit it, would have had, it. Yeah. it would have had its own boob it would have had its own <laughs> breastplate hanging it. exactly um, yeah it's so so good i mean it was just beautiful to see and tell me if i'm wrong did you ever play with the sydney convicts no i was their mascot ah, i knew you had something to do with them so for those people listening from other countries the sydney convicts are our gay rugby team so you were their mascot that's yeah so, so i was there they're drag Scott. So I got to tour with them. I went to Manchester oh, and Dublin. Wow. And every time every time I tour with them, their A division and their B division win first prize. FYI. Just FYI. See, she's a lucky gal. <laughs> lucky charm. Lucky yeah. charm. <laughs> That's what you so call it. Was, it was great. It was uh, – so working with the Falcons, I was sort of said, oh, you know, I've worked with the convicts before – and they're going to be so jealous you're doing this. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? I think the convicts would just give an arm and a leg to be on Drag Race and be one of your drag daughters. They would love it. They would really, really love it. So, yeah, that was lots of fun. Ah, oh, So good. And, uh, you know, speaking of, like, you know, having a ball backstage, um, let's talk about your breastplate. It is something that you are so well known for and i like there was a, there was a criticism um in when you were in the final two about oh you know rue would have liked to have seen dan in the breastplate but here's what i thought i was like i feel like you are giving us versatility you are showing that yes you are a booby queen and yes it's part of your look but you can also do it without is that kind of how you approached it because you didn't wear your breastplate in every single outfit 
No. Well, that was the one thing that I went into it when I was sort of trying to prepare is that I didn't want to wear the breastplate all the time. Mm. Um, only because a lot of times they do pull you up on doing the same thing. Of course. And if you're going to be on an international stage, one would hope that you could do everything. Yeah. And that was the one thing that I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to show that I can do this. I can do that. I still had big boobs. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what? You still all, had that silhouette. All, yeah. Big bum, big boobs. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, you know? No. <laughs> so I still I still sort of celebrated, you know, big bum, big boobs. Um, but, yeah, I just. And, Are they and heavy? Dan, yeah, they're very heavy. I've How got, much do you reckon they weigh? This is two and a half kilos. Oh. But the ones that I wore for my Bogan prom yeah. are close to five kilos. <gasps> I know. Why? My, are they just made out of like a different a material? Di- a different different um, distributor. Uh, have you had them? Have you ever? <laughs> this is such a weird question. Have you ever like gotten them sized? Do they come like in a traditional boob size, like a bra size? Or are they just like no. medium, large, extra large? Well, they're, they're G for jugs. <laughs> J so for jugs? J for jugs, sorry, yeah. That's it. J for jugs. G's too small. Oh, yeah. But the, um, oh, my God. The heavy ones, I call them my laying down tits. <laughs> what, because they make you lay down or you have to wear them laying down? Yeah, they're a different type of movie. <laughs> So good. Um, so we go through and, I mean, this the looks that you put together are absolutely amazing. Your outfits were just stunning. I mean, the the colours that you picked. I love how, how creative you were with the hair. I, what was that even made out of? I was, is it just, like just silicon lycra. or something? Just yeah. The hair? Just lycra, yeah. What? That's yeah. so crazy. It looked like it was some kind of like silicon pieces or something like that hanging from your heads. You had that outfit ready to go, didn't you? And you knew that by picking Dan, he would fit into that outfit. And then you were like, well, that's that bit done, right? Yeah. So basically that was my strategy. RuPaul was asking, you know, were you strategic with these other bitches? Yeah. And I wasn't really. I was strategic for me. Because you could have been. You could have absolutely have like, we've seen that happen before where you go, oh, my God. And I was, like, waiting. I was, like, here we go. Is Maxie going to be strategic? And sometimes the queens will literally mix everyone up and then give themselves the best. But I feel like you were pretty fair. Yeah. So I just went with body shape. Yeah. Like, because, you know what? If you, you – drag race is so crazy. You just never know how the queen's going to land. Mm. And – I may be a shady bitch and give someone a really hard um, sort of person to make over, but that could work In against me. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, they could do this incredible job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I thought, you know what, as long as they as long as long their body shapes are sort of similar, yeah. then, you know, my conscience is I'm just going to do the best I can with Dan, yeah. who was like literally my twin. <laughs> And like literally, when you my guys twin, stood next yeah. to each other, I was like, "Nice work." <laughs> and literally, my twin, so much so that we're born on the same day. Stop! Isn't that crazy? Are you joking? You have the same birthday. birthday. <laughs> Who would have thought? That's crazy. So crazy. And I went. I went into the challenge. Is he hasn't done drag before? Mm-hmm. He's thinking about shaving his beard. Yep. I'm going to make sure that his first drag uh, experience yep. is going to be fabulous. Yeah. If that put me in the bottom and I'm eliminated, so be it. So be I, it. I want to impart 
the drag magic that got into me. Yeah. Into him and, and, and make sure that he was beaming and felt beautiful. That, and that, that was really, the- that really shone. And I think we had some other examples of where perhaps that wasn't the case where, you know, some of the other Queens were maybe thinking about themselves a little bit more and, you know, doing what we've called a Beyonce in this show and making it more about them. But you definitely like, I, I, I and I expect no less from you to make his experience amazing regardless of whether you leave the show or not is just, you know, it shows your true heart. I wanted to ask you, why did you get into drag? I f- like, I feel like there must be a moment where you were like, yep, this is for me. This is what I love. I'm, I just get such a thrill out of being on stage. Yeah. Was it back in those club days or was there a moment that you can call on and be like, that's, that's when I wanted, I knew I wanted to get into drag. Well, it's it. It's uh, yeah. It's a very long story. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was younger, and we I went to I went to primary school in Central Queensland, mm-hmm. um, and we used to have a dress up box. So my brothers oh. and sisters and I would dress up, and I always would be the female school teacher or yes. the lead the lead singer of a girl group. You know, always. So mum smelled a rat pretty early on, but um, <laughs> it was it it was nineteen ninety seven. Oh yes, and I remember was, that year. <laughs> shop I was yourself, alive. shop yourself stupid. And um, my my drag sister Catherine Gorge and I was like, well, should we go out and drag? Okay, we should do a number for Shop Yourself Stupid, which was like a charity thing yeah. just before Mardi Gras. And I got on stage. I looked like a bastard. I looked absolute <laughs> shit house. It was dreadful. The person like a bucket of smashed crabs, or oh uh, yeah, the south end of a northbound camel. <laughs> Um, and, and the, uh, the person that was supposed to do my makeup, you know, went out and got pierced, so I couldn't do it. So I ended up like, you know, doing my makeup like this. But as soon as I got on stage, it was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. This is really good. Um, so we go into the looks of the Queens in the show and we've got Keter and Fedamine in uh, black and white. We've got Electroshock and Re-Reaction in their alien kind of outfit. I didn't actually think that Electra's makeup was too bad what did it look like in real life yeah i didn't really mind it mind you i do have to say so when we came in we were told that we weren't allowed to wear polka dots so um, those dresses that i had oh, they had oh I, they were going to be polka dots so then they said no polka dots and then that bitch kidder <gasps> brings out polka dots Oh, that mole. How could she do that? That's really, oh, she keep that sneaky, didn't she? Yeah, I was like, hold on. Did I not get the list? Yes, I want to recount. I think maybe you <laughs> should go back and Kuda should be kicked off. Uh, we've got Art and Craft Simone in there, which I thought immediately went to Priscilla. Like that was obviously yeah. an homage to Priscilla. I'm not sure if that was as like um, noticed on stage or in the episode because obviously we had the iconic thong dress. Um, we've got Scarlett and Sapphire Adams in their red and blue. Karen from finance with Debbie from reception in their office <laughs> outfits. And of course yourself, uh, Maxie and Silhouette. I just, how did that name come about? Cause we don't, we don't really get a moment to find out how the drag names are created. So how, how did Silhouette come about for Dan? Well, Dan, Dan used to go to barbecues in like dresses and, and wigs oh. and sort of thing, you know, just as a campness on yeah. Sundays. And uh, someone had already given him that. Yeah, someone had had given him that. So, because we were playing with, you know, Mini Shield and, you know. And then we've got, you know, Tammy Pond in in Australia as well. So, (laughs) 
thin wings or something like yeah. that. Um, now, obviously, we find out that Keita is our winner of the week, even though she had polka dots and she broke yes. the rules. Oh, tell you what. Uh, and then we have um, yourself and Scarlett up for elimination. Now, Maxie, what a song to lip sync to. Can you believe you got to lip sync to Kylie f- Minogue? I mean, what a career highlight, right? It's so fabulous. And I remember going to a sleaze ball oh, yes. many, many years before drag, <laughs> actually watching her do oh, Better the Devil You Know. So, you know, it was very, very exciting. I I thought, am I going to bring a trick out? You know, how many times can you pull a microphone out? Um, <laughs> I, I did want to get, you know, a microphone and then get a bigger microphone. And yeah. A bigger microphone. <laughs> But, Imagine um, if it just progressively got bigger as you went. Right, that would be, just, yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> I I had actually toyed, toyed with a Madonna microphone. Oh, that that would have been hilarious. Like the Madonna kind of like, please drive through to collect your order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, and I did know that that Scarlet is a burlesque queen. Yeah. So I knew she'd have a few tricks, you know, spins and turns. Mm. So I I I made a conscious decision to. You know what? I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to do what I do yeah. on a Friday and Saturday night. I'm going to love the song. I'm going to love Kylie, and we'll just see how the coin coin lands. I know that the world is going to fall in love with Maxi Shield, and you know you guys are going to go on tour, and it's just it's going to it's the start of yet another exciting time for you. And I'm so so excited. I was just personally just oh, so pumped to see you on this show and I love you to bits and thank you so much for recapping this episode with me today um you are just a wonderful queen and um and I really appreciate it I'm sending my love to everyone there send the love to the girls they're absolutely amazing absolutely thank you so much Maxi bye <laughs> Welcome to the most controversial part of the podcast where we are completely unqualified to judge drag queens on their makeup or on their looks or anything like that. But we all do sit at home watching this show doing exactly that. I would have done this. I would have done the eye like that. Poor Electra has copped it a few times. But each week we do hand out the award for the beat of the week to the drag queen who has done the best makeup. Like I said, completely unqualified, but it's just for fun. So let's get into this week's beat of the week. Beat of the week. This week, it has to go to our queen who won the challenge, Ketamine. I mean, her makeup was just fantastic. This was the perfect challenge to figure out who is an amazing makeup artist. I mean, you saw Art Simone. She was, you know, so confident that she did her own makeup first and then was doing her rugby players. But Keita in particular did a great job to recreate her own look on someone else's face. Now, anyone out there who has done makeup before would know that's incredibly difficult. You're looking at someone who has a completely different face to you. Those queens are used to drawing their own face face on. So Ketamine, you did a fantastic job this week. Congratulations. You are our Beat of the Week. Welcome to the inspirational part of the podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are loving this, loving the word of Rue. Each week we do find an inspirational quote from Mama Rue because she is the most inspirational person that we know. We sit down and share it with each other and it gives us warm fuzzies. So this week's word of Rue is the gift you can give to other people is allowing them to give you something. I really like that idea. I'd like some money if anyone would like to give me some. 
Well, that is it for another episode. Thank you so much for recapping episode six. So sad to see Maxie Shield go home. She was absolutely one of my favorites, one of the best drag queens that we've seen on Drag Race Down Under. Um, so a big thank you to Maxie for helping me recap the episode today. And don't forget, you guys can subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram at just underscore hill and send me your DMs and tell me what you're loving and what you're hating, uh, what you think is going to happen next. So much to talk about about this show. And I love talking about it. So shoot me a DM so we can chat. We'll be here the same time, same place next week uh, with more of a recap of the next episode. And don't forget, you can catch a new episode of the Stan original series, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, only on Stan. Stan.